How many excited today? Excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. I first want to just thank you guys. I want to thank Pastor Travis and Leslie just for the privilege, the honor to come up here and stand, take this stage. And I feel it's such an honor to be a part of this church. To be a member of this family. Um, I'm not going to get too emotional today because I want to stand up here and be confident and speak boldly. But it's just amazing over the past couple months what I now see what God was doing. Um, today's message is about intimacy. And through all the definitions that I looked at for intimacy, it was one steady phrase close relationship. And, and you know what? Before we get started, I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna, to, if you guys will just pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, Father God, right now, Lord, and we just praise you. We praise you for what you're going to do today, Lord, the words that are going to be spoken today, because we know they are from you. Father God, we just ask that they just reach the places they need to reach today. Father God, we ask that your name be lifted high today, and the glory and the honor go to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, I just want to go over a few things, first of all, when, when we talk about intimacy, and, and I, want to, I want to look at it from what God shows us intimacy is, okay? And, and you know, you see it right out the gate with Genesis 2-7, Look at how many things God spoke into existence, right? We were formed. We were formed with his hands. Can you get much more intimate than that? Uh, there's a few scriptures that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump into real quick. Then the Lord... God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. That's powerful. That is powerful. That, that is just um, Psalms 91.4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And, and I kind of knew what rampart meant, but I wanted to look it up last night. And it's a defensive wall for a castle. And I just picture what that looks like. And, and it's wild because a couple months ago, God showed me what this, what this scripture looks like. Um, I was rocking Lily to sleep one night. And she hadn't slept for, you know, she didn't get her nap. And she was really cranky. And I'm rocking her. And I took the binky and put it in her mouth. And she quit fussing. And she tucked her chin. Or tucked her head up underneath my chin. And it just, God spoke. This is what it looks like when you're under my wings. 
When you take refuge in me, this is what it looks like. And it's that daddy holding that little baby like this. And it's that safe feeling, that presence that we're in, that we know there's nothing going to harm us. Right? We are, we are in a place that, just an unbelievable place. Um, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That intimacy that he is showing us and, and just that detail that he gives us. <sighs> we have three scriptures hanging on our bedroom wall in our Lily's room. And for the longest time, when Pastor Travis asked me to do this, I was scared. And it's the idea of when I had that fear feeling, I was putting all the reliance on me. And I realized that it, it wasn't me that was going to be doing this. It, it was God. But I want to share a, a story with you. But before I do, there is a scripture above Lily's bed that for the since what, she was born? Stacy would take her around to three scriptures in her bedroom and she would point to them and read them to her. And we are now to a point where Lily, when she wakes up in the morning and we pick her up, she points to the scripture on the wall. And the first one she points to is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and I got to share this with you and I'm not a good singer, but in the morning, we have a new thing, and, and me and my little Lily like to do a little dance together. <laughs> and, and I'm not a songwriter, but I kind of like it. It's catchy. I need to add more to it. But we do a little dance, and we sing, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I always laugh because I picture me wearing a top hat with a cane while I'm singing it. <laughs> But as I got into these scriptures, because these, these past three scriptures, the, the feathers and, and the before I formed you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, these are all hanging in her bedroom, okay? And every day when she wakes up, she points to them. And you read them to her, and she just smiles, okay? And it's nuts to think that there's an 11-month-old that knows what's being read to her. But I really, really do believe that. And real quick, I am going to actually, I had looked into the Passion Translation of the Psalms 139, 13, and 14. And I just wanted to share this because I just think this is an amazing translation of this. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate in inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me. 
Man, how intimate is that? I mean, that, that just, that amazes me reading that. To think that he, he loves us that much, that there was that much detail put into creating us. Um, so, back to me talking about Lily and pointing out the scriptures. It's been, what, about a month ago that she started pointing to the shelves? We have, we have a shelving at the end of her bed. And she started something new about a month ago. And she'll point to the scripture over her bed, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and then she immediately points to the shelving. And there's a purse, a little ladybug purse up there, and there's some stuffed dolls up there. And, and it's usually when we get her up, we're just kind of in a hurry. We're usually going to the babysitter or something, so it's read, 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 change her on the changing table and head out. And about a week ago, I was very curious to see what my little girl was pointing at. And it made me realize something. This little girl at 11 months old is a lot more intimate with God than I thought. And when we think about it, we think about 11-month-old, you know. And, but I just want to share with you. can't look at you right now. <laughs> Um, I just want to share with you, I, I finally decided about a week ago to walk to the shelf and to take that time to see what she was pointing at. And I'm thinking I'm going to walk over to the shelf and she's going to grab the little stuffed purse, the ladybug purse or the doll, or there's an L with glitter on it, and there's just all these flashy things. And when I walked over to the shelf, she immediately grabbed something. Now, where this, is, where this is sitting, it's about eye level, so you only see just the, the, the side view of it. This is what she grabbed. And it's not an accident. More. More, more, more. You're in a deep relationship, become deeper. Get closer. Keep seeking. Keep searching. I couldn't believe what an 11-month-old taught me. This isn't enough anymore. These three scriptures aren't enough anymore. I want more. I want the whole thing. Do you want the whole thing? Do you want it all? Do you want all what God has for you? Because it's obtainable. It's right there for us. And, and the one thing that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into some things that I think are very powerful. Um, I was terrified to come up here. When, when Pastor Travis asked me, hey, you want to do the message on the 8th? My first thought was fear. That bothered me. Because my first thought shouldn't be fear. If I'm as intimate with God as I'm supposed to be. If I'm as close to God as I'm supposed to be, my first thought should have been, yep, I'm in. No matter what it looks like, I'm in. And I realized courage is formed in intimacy with God. 
It's that intimacy, that continued intimacy with God where we start to form that courage to step out in faith, to do what God is calling us to do. I'm going to go to the meat and potatoes now. Because this scripture blew me away. And the cool part is it blew me away before I even knew I was going to be up here giving this message. And it made me realize that over the past three months, God had already started. Whether I knew I was coming up here today or not, God was already starting that, that process of what he wanted me to say, where, what he wanted the message to be, what he wanted it to look like. And it's funny because I remember going through those three months thinking, wow, God, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool message right there. And once I got over that fear of, of coming up here, then it was just nervousness. And, and I will say over the past week, that nervousness turned to excitement because it's that final realization that this right now is not me. This is all through him. All I've got to do, all he's asking us to do is show up. Show up. Open your mouth and I'll do the rest. I'm going to read passion, or the Passion version of Acts 4. The teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priest, the captain of the temple police, and representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. They were furious that people were being taught that in Jesus there is resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who believed the message, bringing the total number of men who believed to nearly 5,000. The next day, many Jewish leaders, religious scholars, and elders of the people convened a meeting in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. This is the one I had trouble with, but I, I've recently found it. With Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others who were members of the high priest family. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us by what power and authority you have done these things. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered respected elders and leaders of the people, Listen, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus... Let that soak in. The power of the name of Jesus. That the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that you builders, that you, the builders, have rejected and now has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name to whom God has given authority. By the name, we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. 
Now, leading up, this is where it comes in. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage. There's the courage being formed and that intimacy of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect that Jesus had on them just by simply spending time with him. Just by spending time with him. Just being intimate with him. Standing there with them was the healed man, and there was nothing further that they could say. I love that. I love that there was that courage, that boldness to step out and and to do the healing and, and to just have that faith just by spending time with him. I, I, want, I don't know if I've shared, I know I've shared this with, with a lot of you guys, but I, I feel this is very just an awesome, awesome little testimony. But Jeff Pringle and I do jail ministry at the Tuscarawas County Jail. And what kind of inspired me to share this today was just being in Acts because, you know, we read this book and we think, wow, what a great story. But I am here to tell you, and I'm sure most of you already know this, this didn't just take place then. This is taking place now. And I remember how excited Jeff and I were one night. And it's funny because it is such an awesome experience when we go into that jail because there's never a game plan. It's hey, what do you think about this scripture? Hey, what do you think about this scripture? But to actually sit down and plan what we're going to say, we never do it. And it's that fully just, you know what, God, whatever you're going to do, we're going in, and we can't wait to see what it's going to look like. And I remember going in there one day, and you're, you're so motivated, you're so pumped up just to see what God's going to do. And as we, we call back for the guard, and they send the guard out, and she asks us, what's your name? And I said, Scott Harmon. And she looks down at this paper and she goes, I'm sorry you're not on the list. And I said, well, what about Lifeway Church? And she says, no, there's no Lifeway Church either. And I said, okay, what about Pastor Larry Fletcher? And she said, no, there's no Pastor Larry Fletcher. So the next thing I know, I hear the, her radio, the sergeant, and the sergeant comes across and says, church is canceled, we can't let him in. And I remember thinking just how devastated I felt because it's that letdown of being so excited to go in there and then we're being told no. And the amazing thing was, is I witnessed intimacy firsthand in that very moment. Because as she's sitting there telling me, I'm really sorry, I believe in what you guys do, but I just can't let you in, Jeff took a step back, and I could hear Jeff behind me praying. And all of a sudden, as Jeff's praying, 
the door opens up. And the sergeant sticks his head through the door and says, go ahead and let him in. Whatever happens, I'll take the, I'll take the heat for it. The beauty is this. And, and I love that God is so detailed in showing us things. That door opened up, right? And I saw the sergeant open the door. But when you take out the human aspect of it and you go into the spiritual realm, I saw Jeff go back to that intimate spot with God. And through our spiritual eyes, I saw God shake that door open. And, and I find it very interesting that the sergeant just didn't radio back and say, let him in. Because I don't know where he was in the building, but I know the first time he radioed. So for him to open that door, I really felt that was God wanting us to see, I'm shaking the door open. I want you to physically see that door being opened. And you might not be on their list, but you're on my list. And, and it was just, and all I could say when we got into that room with those inmates is, I don't know what's coming today, but wow, it's going to be huge. Because God made it a point to make sure that we were put in that place that night. Good. I love this. Um, back to the fear thing. I should probably wait till after the next scripture, but I'm going to go ahead and do it now. Um, the, the fear, the fear to come up here, the fear of not knowing what it was going to look like, what was going to be said, how it was going to be taken. And, and I talked about the excitement, and then I, and, and it just, I remember waking up this morning all weekend long, I've been listening to the same song, and it's Elevation Worship. I'm going to see victory. We're going to see victory. Um, and it's funny because I called Troy, or Troy actually called me. I was sitting there on our couch, and I'm like, you know, I should call Troy to see if there's too much scripture in my message today. And right as I thought that, my phone rang, and I looked down, and it says Troy Link. And I'm like, imagine that. So we had kind of talked, and I said, well, I got a question for you. And he said, what's that? And I go, should I go ahead and send my, my youth boys from Sunday school with Taylor? And he says, wow, that's up to you, because my thinking was, you know, I'll take that time and just kind of, you know, be in prayer and just get connected. And, and after I got off the phone with him, I'm like, no, you know what, we're going to keep it status quo. We're still going to have Sunday school, because I feel that those boys enjoy it, and I feel that they need it. And we go up this morning, upstairs this morning, and only God... Only God. Because we are reading Hebrews right now. And I opened my Bible to where we left off last week. And how ironic is it that where we started up this week was Hebrews 11. Anybody know what Hebrews 11 is? Hall of Faith. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Moses. And on and on and on. And by faith, Scott.
And I want to inspire you guys today. I want to call you out to whatever you're facing right now, whatever's coming against you right now, it's by faith. And where does that faith come from? It comes from intimacy. Because when we experience that love and that closeness, we see what he's doing. David. Y'all are familiar with the story of David and Goliath, right? I've got a question. Scott. If somebody came to Marianne and disrespected her, what would be your reaction? You'd be angry, right? You'd stand up for her, right? I think we all would, right? If somebody disrespected that, that intimate partner of ours, that person we're close with, you're not going to stand there and let them take it, right? Well, David was pretty much the same way. Okay, sorry about that. First Samuel 17, 45, and 47, NIV. Now, the interesting part of this is in 37, the Lord had rescued, he had talked about the Lord rescuing from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion. David had spent his life in the presence of God. God had been preparing him for this day. Okay? And, and when I look back at this, God had been preparing me for three months. Even though when Travis asked me to do this, I didn't know what it was going to look like. It was that realization of, wow, you've been preparing me for this moment. Even though I didn't know it was going to take place, you, you, you had the vision. You had the plan. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of army of Israel, whom you have defied. And I, and I think about, you know, all the just taunting that Goliath did and, and, and disrespecting of God that he was doing and nobody was stepping up. Nobody was stepping out in faith and, and saying enough. And here David is, and he's telling him, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that you, you, well, I'm sorry, that you will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is by the sword, not by the sword and spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into, the, into our hands. Think of that courage that it takes to step up and declare that over him. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how tough you think you are. I know who's coming before me. I know who's got my back. And it's that intimacy, that relationship that, that David had no hesitation. David knew that if I go out on this battlefield, look what he did with the, the lion and the bear. Why would, why would he stop now? And, 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 and I can relate to that because I remember, you know, just... When I had that fear, God telling me, 
Have I ever left you in the jail with nothing to say? Have I ever left you in that youth room with nothing to say? Then why would I start now? Why would I put you on that stage with nothing to say? Another way. Uh, Well, actually, not another way. A... uh, Another view of just what that intimacy from us looks like is if you look at Daniel 6, 10. Now, he, he had been told, basically, they put the, the law into effect that no prayer, right? Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened towards Jerusalem Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking for God's help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or etiquette or edic- that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in, the sight, in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in God. Once again, that intimacy. You can't tell me I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to seek him more. Now, we had talked about courage being built up through intimacy. 
The effect of intimacy is power. Okay. So you know, this is what God showed me. Okay, and it's so fitting because I'm a visual person, and it's so fitting that on your NFL weekend that this is the vision that God showed me today to use, and the illustration. This is what that power looks like. This is what that faith looks like. This is what that that intimacy, that power from that intimacy relationship God looks like. You're getting hit. You get hit, you keep moving forward. You keep getting hit, you put your hand down. And that balance, when you are running through this, this, towards that goal, comes from that intimacy with him. It's not by your own power. It's by his power that we, we get hit, we spin off, we get hit, we keep moving forward keep moving forward to that goal. When Peter stepped out of the boat, when God called him out of that boat, he was able to reach down and grab him because he was moving towards him. His vision was on him. And even though he started to sink, God, I got you. I got you. This wasn't part of the plan, but I'm seeing it now. Ohio for God, Ohio for Jesus. This is where it's going to come from. Is when this church, when this body has this intimacy with God on a regular basis, you ain't going to stop 10 churches being, from being planted in 10 years. And, and I know that the goal is 10 churches in 10 years, right? Why limit what God can do? Because the plan is 10 churches, but that's our plan, right? I mean, it's a vision from God, but what if God says, you know what? I'm going to crank it up. We're going to do 20 churches in 10 years. We're going to do 30 churches in 10 years. It's going to be a fire that just radiates. And it's going to come out of intimacy with the intimacy with the Father. And that's where it's going to be found. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, Father God, and we thank you, Lord. Lord, even though I got nervous today, I know that you held me and you kept me up, Lord. Lord, that you will never leave us or forsake us, Father God. And Lord, I just ask that this message, that it falls, Lord, where it needs to fall that it inspires who it needs to inspire. And it's that realization of no matter how fearful things look, that you are right there, Father God. Lord, that you call us to be the apple of your eye. And when we think about what the apple of your eye looks like, we see that reflection of the apple. And how do you see the reflection in someone's eye? You get as close as you possibly can get. And that's how you see that reflection. And that's what you're calling us to do, Lord, is to be so close that we can see ourselves, see our image in your eyes. Father God, we just ask that this, that that intimacy that you are calling us to, Lord, that if we're not there, Lord, right now, it's, it's not a problem because it's a, it's a walk. And we're going to get closer, and we're going to get closer, and we're going to get closer. Father God, I just ask you to bless this congregation today. I ask you to just bless every life in here, Lord. 
and give them the courage and the power, Lord, to do the things that you are calling us each one to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.